Hey listeners, it's Allie. Um, Before I release you to this fabulous inaugural podcast of our fourth season, I want to give a little uh, pre-warning that Annie and I, but let's be real, mostly Annie, from time to time use colorful adult language. So if you have little children around, you are forewarned. Once upon a time, there were two teachers hell-bent on being a part of the movement to reimagine education post-COVID. They podcasted about the problems. They got involved in school board elections to ask pointed questions about change. They interviewed people from all around the country to see how they were transforming education. And then they disappeared until now. Dun-dun-dun! Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Annie. And And you're you're listening to That's So Evolutionary, An education podcast where we explore what teachers, psychologists, anthropologists, and the latest thought leaders are saying about what we can and must do to transform learning environments so that every child has the opportunity to thrive in our world today. Annie and I each have over a decade of experience in classrooms. And we are still teaching and testing out ways to make schools work better for children. And for the adults who support them. Join Join us us as we evaluate the evidence, dig through the debates, bury bad ideas, gush over good ones, and build a roadmap for all teachers, whether at home, school, or in the community, to show what is possible as we evolve our system of education together. together. Hey listeners, welcome back for the long-awaited season four of That's So Evolutionary. How long have we been gone, Allie? Like a year? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I wasn't sure we were going to come back, Annie. I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, have not been idle, though. No, definitely not. We have been working our little booties off. But before we fill you in on what we've been up to, let's just briefly recap our past seasons for those of you that may be new to our podcast. Allie, do you want to do the honors and kick us off? Oh, of course, Annie. <laughs> um, so, gosh, it's so funny. I get all these emotions when I think back to see the different seasons because it reminds me of where we were in life during those times like the first season we had just finished this weird hybrid year of covid right and so we were fired up about the challenges we were seeing in uh in education um we were trying to capitalize on this what seemed like really hopeful energy around (laughs) reimagining education you remember that yeah yep yep me and hope and zest yeah, yeah yeah it was really exciting and then it was gone yeah, and it really does seem like a long time ago. And is it is it really fucked up to say that I wish we were back there sometimes? <laughs> Not for all the death, listener. I'm sorry to say there was a lot of bad things. But like yeah. personally, I actually got a chance to like learn about self-care and take care of myself and find balance. That feels like it's out the window. <laughs> yeah, it... Yeah, I mean, I think we could go down a rabbit yeah. hole here, but I know that lots of people in education felt that same thing we did. And, um, you know, at that time, in the podcast, we were sharing all this reading and research we had done about the origins of school and Western society. Basically, why were we in the predicament we were in education? And when I say predicament, I mean students struggling socially, emotionally, academically, disengaged, teachers burning out and leaving. And it was amazing and cathartic to podcast about because we discovered that pretty much everyone we knew was frustrated as well. And it opened up this space to talk about it that a lot of us, at least me speaking for myself, went along pretending everything was fine you know before before that but then 
what do we do about it now that we're having these conversations about all these problems? Yeah, and I liked how it took us a minute. Like, we weren't trying to live in this space of negativity. I mean, it happens from time to time. We're human. But we really were also trying to see what we could do to change. And what we realized is so many of the challenges that we felt were outside of our locus of control. When we realized there was school school board elections coming up and candidates that were speaking message of hope that we could ask specific questions about how they saw their role in reimagining education, season two really gave us an opportunity to live in that in that lens of what the candidates could change at the policy level to alleviate the challenges we had just been talking about yeah. and still seeing and feeling in the classroom. And as usual, I felt hopeful, you know, hope and zest and fired up. And I believe... And it's... <sighs> It's been, we're speaking from our Denver context, but Mm -hmm. from what I read and, you you know, you just kind of get a feeling like around the country, it's the same. But since the elections, it's been really dramatic, but not in the lens of making progress towards reimagining education. No. And actually, as I think about it, you know, that was the first time I had really even been invested in school board elections. And so that was a good lens for me professionally. But then when I started to look nationally about the things that are happening with critical race theory and demanding of lesson plans being turned in and a lot of just the craziest shit that's happening, I just, it seems like we keep coming back to these deeply rooted issues in education and the gigantic powers that be that want to keep things the way they are. And the people like us that are wanting to support doing something different, but running into these roadblocks around capacity and bandwidth and energy, you name it, of a huge overhaul. But I say all of that was still being determined, Allie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And one of the things is I, I felt all that hope and zest then for what the candidates could do at the policy level. And some of it is personal dynamics. Some of it is systemic. And it's not you know, individ- on the individuals that they have the power to change it. But I just felt really disappointed yeah. that, that you know, the, calvo- the cavalry wasn't coming to help us. Yeah. And I realized <laughs> that this is the recap of our seasons. And that was just season two. Yeah. But still, those things are, you know, trickling into our work today. So, yeah. so what happened in season three? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in season three, we, I think... So we moved from being like, everyone's going to save us at the policy level to being like, what are people doing around the country, in the community, et cetera, to to do things differently and help us transform things so that it's not so... Bleak. Overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, fill 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 in in the blank. blank. It's a Mad Libs. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So... I think at the end of that season, we concluded that there are a lot of amazing people doing amazing things, and it it's not hitting any kind of critical mass yet to really seem to spill into the day-to-day for people, but... I think about this and, and, you know, it's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the things that need to change both at a school level, at a classroom level. And this goes beyond even, you know, Denver School oh, Board. for sure. So we all just really need to figure out the part that we can play in this and hope that everyone else is not getting overwhelmed by all the things we can do, but thinking about the part that they need to play and 
And if we commit to that, then maybe at some point we hit a tipping point. Well, and I do think like that you said something really important that also our principal here talks a lot about as well. And it's easy to fall in the lens, like you said, of all the things that need to change. But if we don't stop and remind ourselves of all of the amazing things that are happening, like this is too consuming and we're all going to go oh work gosh. at Macy's <laughs> or again, fill in the blank yeah. of place with the discount. Yeah. I just don't think I'm fancy enough for Nordstrom. So I always say Macy's, but I really should sell myself a little higher. <laughs> Anyways, so point being, after season, what was that, three. four, three? Okay. Three, 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 three. We disappeared to regroup, to keep on innovating and figuring out what we want to do and what role we want to play in all of this. So season four, drum roll, is all about what we've learned in the past, gosh, months and months. Um, <laughs> and the things that we think we can do to create a better learning condition for all students and make teacher teaching more sustainable. And it's been a journey. Oh, and God. No big surprise. That's the understatement of a year. Iterating is still our favorite thing to apparently do. But we do have hope. And we acknowledge that there's a lot of amazing work being done to do things better for kids and teachers and parents and admin and all of the things. I love that you really talked about our process as a journey, still iterating, and not, we figured out the way. I'm so excited for what we're building, but I think there's always great danger in saying this is the way, both because... You know, it's so contextual mm -hmm. to. I don't think there's people. a one way. There's not a in one anything, way. right? And and also, if you say this is the way, then you stop evolving, and life is evolution. If you know, you look around or watch David Attenborough, which Jesse <laughs> and I did the other day. Um, but basically, you stop serving people if you stop evolving, and I think that's why our school system is where it is today. Yeah. It made me think of uh, a long time ago, I was with, with um, an EL, Expeditionary Learning Conference, and I was supporting them with the Primary Learner Workshop. And Pete Martinez, this is for you, because I was with your favorite, favorite educator, Stephen Levy. And Stephen Levy was a part of the original Expeditionary Learning cohort of people, right? And so he helped turn the simple idea into this beautiful philosophy that has swept the nation and become a universal curriculum, right? So I'm out to dinner with him, and I was like, Stephen, don't you feel a little bit like EL is kind of a sellout. EL, I'm sorry, Ron Berger, I'm sorry, but but kind of. Um, because now you made something mass produced, you know, again, well, for the masses. And so he said, you know, it's kind of like pioneers. EL was a pioneer in doing something really different. And we want it to get to as many people far and wide. But eventually, pioneers have to settle. And that doesn't then mean that the exploration and evolution is over. It just means there needs to be another lens or another layer of pioneers, a new group. And so he was like, I task you with that, Annie. And I felt like this huge wow. fucking honor, right? <laughs> but I think that is it. It's now there's a whole lot of teachers that have very deep content knowledge, wanting to do right, believe in equity, believe in this fight. And we need to figure out a new way to be pioneers to reach kids in this century after this pandemic and all of the things in a way that hasn't been working for too long. And so uh, that's I, my hope for there yeah. and pioneers. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I mean, it's hard because being a pioneer is risky. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're not just teachers and principals. We're humans who are vulnerable and who who want to avoid shame and making a fool of ourselves mm -hmm. and losing our status and security. And so it's hard in the pressure cookers that we're all in to be the, the pioneer. Yeah. And yeah. And to not settle. Yeah. 
that's just how humans are, right? We understand that. It's not bad. It just is. And so when we talk about innovation or change in education, we need to realize it's often so difficult, not necessarily because people are entrenched or committed to ideas that no longer work, but because we just, again, need a clear roadmap to have confidence that we can make a difference and do things differently to get to that destination. Yeah, totally. We love that roadmap, Alan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> have you I made think, it yet? I think, <laughs> I think from our first episode, we talked about a roadmap. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Remember that was our whole idea around harnessing the squirrel. You know? Oh um, yeah. Have you harnessed <laughs> it? And where's where's our roadmap, Ali? I'm ready. <laughs> Well, we kind of recapped what we've been up yeah. to. So what are we going to c- talk about next week, Annie? Because I'm not sure that we <laughs> gave away what this season is about. Oh, perfect. And I know we have some people eagerly waiting. So next week, everyone. Pete. Yeah, that's for Pete. Um, now this season, it will be a ding, 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 Pete instead of Peter Gray or anybody else. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, so next week, we're going to share what we think the secret is to begin transforming our learning environments, even within the context of the standards and the way school is and testing pressures and all of the things. Things that we face in public or charter school. So stay tuned. Yeah, this is Allie. And I'm Annie. And you've been listening to That's So Evolutionary. Hey, listener, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. You never want to miss an episode of That's So Evolutionary. So if you'd like to join our weekly mailing list to be notified of our latest episode and any play-based resources or programs we have to share, sign up at edvolutionary.com slash join, and you'll officially be an Edvolutionary Insider. Ta-ta till next week. (laughs) 